Welcome everyone to the Gambling Couch. I'm Caden. I'm joined by Seth and Keaton. Hello. Full party. Full party. Full party pass. Two weeks in a row. It's good. It's getting busy. It's a streak at this point. It's a trend. Stay hot. Um, yeah, thanks for joining us. Uh, we're here to go over week 11. Feels like we just started yesterday, but we're at week 11. Um, week 10 recap. Key 10. Uh, one, one, and one. And I didn't feel like I won very much. I'm not going to lie. Um, the Niners made my heart hurt really bad. Two fumbles on punts. Seth mentioned the interception that makes you want to close your eyes and never watch football ever again. Um, Tom Brady did me well, so that's good news. Always trust in Tom. And by that, I mean I trusted in Tom once and it worked. So maybe maybe sometime down the road we'll do it again. Um, and then never trust Brown's running backs. That was the other thing we learned. So besides that and my terrible luck... Going 500 with a split, you know, life could have been worse because I felt like things really couldn't have gone my way any less. So that's me. What you got, Seth? Uh, Giants plus three and a half hit. They won that game outright against the Eagles. Dolphins minus two and a half hit. They won by eight against the Chargers. Ravens picked did not hit. They lost on Sunday night to the Patriots. Um, the Broncos and Raiders did go under 51 for the total to hit. And the Jaguars and Giants teaser I did also hit. Not bad. I was 1-1-1-2, one, one one so it's whatever. Um, Rams beat Seattle convincingly. Bill should have covered, but Hopkins happened. And <laughs> But, you know, Hopkins happens. Bengals Hopkins. got shellac, so it's whatever. So 1-1-1, one, one, and one, better than 1-2, and two, so I will take it. Um, so week 10, in the books, not terrible. Uh, so who wants to start with, I guess we have one podcast pick, right? Is that That's correct. Seth? We're on the podcast pick. Sure, yeah. I have quite a long list of why I like this game. Um, it's the Dolphins minus 3.5 on the road against Denver. So the Dolphins, they started the year 1-3, and three, and then they go 5-0. and oh. um, They're on a five-game winning streak, including three straight with Tua at quarterback. And after his first start, he looked a little bit underwhelming against the Rams, and then he kind of came back out. In the last two games, if you watch him at quarterback, he just looks like he knows what he's doing. His decision-making looks fantastic. He has five touchdowns to zero interceptions in three games. Uh, Miami's pass offense is 12th um, in efficiency so far this year, whereas Denver's is smack dab last, 32nd. Um, their overall defensive DVO, or sorry, offensive DVOA is minus 30%, which is good for 32nd in the NFL. Um, you guys were mentioning before the podcast, it looks like Drew Locke might not play. So Brett Ripien would be the starting quarterback. You don't like that. Uh, Miami's offensive line is 13th in pass protection, which should help them against Bradley Chubb. Denver's is 26th, and they have to go up against Emmanuel Ogba, who has eight sacks, four tackles for losses, three forced fumbles. And Miami has the best special teams in the NFL, three straight weeks with either a defensive or special teams touchdown. So give us Miami minus three and a half on the road. Remind me about that, like Saturday night, we can bet that for the defense or special teams. Um, Seth literally color, or covered all of it, so uh, yeah, go Fins, baby. Yeah, I think I it's a testament to Miami's defense. We talked about it early on in the year. They brought over Flores, brought over a lot of expats, guys to kind of fit that scheme, um, and they have looked really good. They're just getting better. So That zero blitz scheme, he really translated. Kyle Van Noy looks great. Yep. Andrew Van Ginkle on special teams has made a play three weeks in a row. That Can I get that name one more time? Andrew Van Ginkle. That's a jersey buyer right there. Wow. Yes, sir. Put that one on the board, yes. Yeah, and two looks great, too, I think. 
You know, I mean, coming into the season, the question wasn't his skill level. It was just, is he going to be healthy? And he looks healthy, and he looks like one of the best. I mean, obviously those three rookie quarterbacks all look really good, but he has a case for potentially being the best one out of that three. Would this be our first podcast pick, W? Uh, it feels like it. Maybe. I know we were 0-2 before I went to Arizona. That's well, all I remember. this will be 1-0, clean slate. Yeah, you know. Forget the rest. Yeah, Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. t- Thanksgiving picks. Here we go. Exactly. Yeah, we're just bringing on the holidays. Yes, sir. So, Keaton, what's your first one? Okay, I'm getting a little, little down in the, down in the depths here. A little grungy pick here. Give me the Jags, plus ten and a half, against the unbeaten Steelers. Um, so here's a couple numbers for you. Steelers under Mike Tomlin are five thirteen and one against the spread when they play at a division, and is at least three point favorites, which means they're like clearly the better football team. Five thirteen and one, I believe, is twenty seven percent. Um, and that number gets even worse when you when the Steelers go one and ten against the spread as ten point favorites on the road under Tomlin, which I think is even worse percentage wise. I think gasp, uh, gasp. Yeah, hold breath. Um, and so we saw this game more or less two weeks ago with Dallas and their third string quarterback almost beat them, and it took a fourth quarter comeback by Big Ben. Um, to come back and win that game. Also, Steelers play the Ravens on Thanksgiving, which is not too far away. This is an absolute look-ahead spot. The Steelers' defense always scares me, but they didn't look that good against Dallas, and I think this is another spot they're just underprepared for. It's something in their infrastructure when Tom, under Tomlin. They just don't play well on the road as big uh, as big favorites. So give me the Jags here. It's a real gross spot. Don't watch the game. Just hope to cash a ticket. Yeah. I think I, I heard that the, the same numbers as far as Pittsburgh goes, um, you know, those numbers against the spread when they're 10 point or more favorites, and I'm on your side completely. You kind of think about it. I mean, they play Baltimore in exactly one week from today, Thursday, the date we're recording this, um, and to think that they play two games in that span, and obviously Baltimore is the bigger threat. So I agree 100%. We are talking about it before. I think between that Cincinnati game last week and this game, um, that one of those two is going to be that kind of glance over the opponent. You're looking to forward for next week, and they obviously beat Cincinnati pretty convincingly, so I think this is the week where they let up a little bit, and 10.5 is a lot of points, so I like it. Yeah, I'm with you guys as well. It's a lean for me. Um, the other little trend thing was I think, believe Mike Tomlin is 15-29-1 and 29 and one or something like that against the spread on the road as a double-digit um, favorite. Um so, yeah, I mean, all the trends point to just, this just being, a, you know, you pick the Jaguars because of the number, because of the situation. Um, obviously, you know, there's worries with the Steelers' defense is really good going up against a rookie quarterback, but you kind of throw that all out the window when you're looking at a guy who the Action Network guys were talking about it. He is 102nd out of 102 when it comes to this spot as being a double-digit favorite on the road against a team under 500. So, yeah, it's just a, it's a good value play here, I think. Not good. First pick of the week is drum roll, no drum, drum roll. roll. Chiefs minus seven and a half against the Las Vegas Raiders. Raiders. It's in Oakland or Vegas. Sorry, I thought they. Nice way to go. Just quit. So here, here's the deal: the Chiefs are coming off a bye, and they lost the last time they played the Raiders, which was pretty unexpected. The Raiders played well. Good for them. They've had two weeks to prepare. And I feel like that loss by itself kind of has them drooling to whoop up on this team, the in-conference game, the in-division game against the Raiders. Um, they need it too. So the Raiders are, with a loss here, the Raiders would be within a game of the Chiefs in that division. 
um, and they're battling with the Steelers, who are 9-0 for a first-round bye. Only one bye per conference this year. So I think that's something motivating them as well. All that being said, I think that they're just wanting to win big here, send a message across the league. As of earlier today, um, the Raiders had eight defensive stars on the COVID list. Doesn't mean they're not going to play, but they don't get to practice all week, and that's kind of a big deal when you're playing Mahomes and the Chiefs. Um, KC defense versus uh, a better Raiders offense this year isn't necessarily ideal, but you're really just betting that Chiefs are going to put up 40-plus, 35-plus. Um, you know, and seven and a half doesn't feel like a whole lot when you have Mahomes on the offensive side of the ball. So they're at full strength against a defense that can't practice all week um, with that added motivation. So I love the Chiefs at minus seven and a half. Uh, I absolutely think you have the right side of this. It's personally a stay away from me just because my only worry is if any team in the NFL is really capable of playing the ball control and keep the ball away from Patty Mahomes all game, it seems like the Raiders are kind of built to do that. But we've already seen that movie this year, so I'm with you. If you're going to bet it, I'm on the Chiefs with you as well. Um, it's just a case of I don't trust it enough. But I get you, buddy. Right the right side if you're going to be on it, I think. Yeah, I lean to the Chiefs as well, just mostly because, I mean, it's tough to have your entire defense missing practice all week and then go up against the best quarterback, the best passing offense. Um, in the NFL it's kind of tough to prepare for that when they're all not practicing so I think that's going to be a big factor and I think Casey's defense has been pretty good this year um, so I think you know they'll be able to hold them I think the Raiders put up like the mid-20s last time these two teams played it was just the Chiefs offense that didn't get going and I don't think that's going to be a problem this time around boom boom bada bing it's your second pick Seth my second pick I am taking the Cleveland Browns minus three at home against the Philadelphia Eagles for me, this is another fade of Philadelphia's offense. They are 30th in passing efficiency and 28th offensively overall. Um, Cleveland is 17th overall on offense. They're 7th in rushing, 19th in passing. The Eagles' O-line, and this is one of the key points for me, is that the Eagles' O-line is 29th in pass protection, and they have to deal with Miles Garrett all day long. Um, he's on the injury report. He did not practice today, but um, the report says he's going to practice tomorrow and he's going to play. He had an illness that is not code-related that they kept him out just for a precaution, but he's going to play, it sounds like. Um, going up against a bad, banged-up offensive line, I think he's going to have a big day. On the other side of the ball, Cleveland's offensive line ranks 10th in pass protection this year. So even though that um, Eagles uh, rush is pretty good, they get to the quarterback quite a bit, I think they're going to be able to hold up for Baker back there. Um, the Cleveland defense has been average versus the pass. And the run, they're 18th overall in defensive DVOA, but I don't expect Carson Wentz to do enough to win this game. I just don't think he's been very good this year. I don't think he's ever going to get back to that, you know, 2017 Carson Wentz that was um, – we were talking about him as like a Tier 1 quarterback. I don't think he's in that realm anymore. So the big worry would be can the Browns score enough, but I think when you have good offensive line protection against a 21st-ranked pass defense in the Eagles, um, it gives me hope, and I just think that that front seven of Cleveland is going to get to Carson. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm on the side of fading Carson Wentz at this point. For me, I guess the only worry is because that division's so bad and so wide open, this might be the spot you get an all-out Philly effort because they have such a daunting schedule the rest of the way. Um, I think it's really bad, and I think until they finish with the – I think it's Dallas and Washington – or, the, yeah, Washington. I almost <laughs> checked myself on Washington. But those are their last two games, but I know they have quite the gauntlet um, until that point after this game. So my only worry is you're going to get an all-out effort here. But besides that, I just – I refuse to back this Philly team. I think they've been probably one of the most fadable teams in the NFL after that Super Bowl. 
And I think there's been plenty of opportunities to make money on them, and I think this is another spot like that. So, like you said, the only worry for me is that, and then that defensive front for Philly can kind of push people around at times, but I think at the end of the day, Philly has to score points to win, and that's not going to be easy. I mean, it just never really looks easy for this offense this season. So I'm off of it, but I get your side. Yeah, you're not joking about this. I mean, it's for Philly after this week, it's Seattle at Green Bay, New Orleans at Arizona, and then they finish with Dallas and Washington, which are games they should win. Um but, I mean, you're, you're probably right. This is one that you absolutely need. Um, snow showers in Cleveland on Sunday morning, so that could be interesting. Um, and then, yeah, I think, if anything, I'd probably lean the under. I think this is one where Cleveland just tries to run the poop out of the ball um, and not let Baker lose the game for you. And as far as the Philly side goes, I mean, we just haven't seen a whole lot offensively. So I would stay away. I might lean the under, uh, see what it is really quick. It's 47.5, so, I mean, it's not – a huge number, but that's where I would lean. Um, otherwise, I'd stay away. Good, good. Cool, cool. All right, so since we, we already talked about the podcast pick and my second pick, my third pick is the pack, plus two and a half here. This just seems like an outright winner to me. I don't trust this Colts team. I know that defense is really good and can really punish people, but I would just rather trust Aaron Rodgers and an offense that seems to get it done when you need to than this Colts team. And that defense can be really good, but I think given the opportunity, I mean, the Pack can still rush the passer a little bit, um, but at the end of the day, I just think points win football games at this point in the year, and I would much rather have the Packers offense, even if you're down late in the fourth quarter. So I'd like that side better. Give me the two and a half points, and I might bet it on the money line. This is my second pick, too. I like the Packers as well. Um, it just feels like a letdown week for Indy a little bit. I We talked about it last week, I think. We were kind of going over un, over-unders for the rest of the year, and I think that Indy's a team that will kind of fall off here late. Um, they beat Tennessee that Thursday night game last week. Their defense is really good. Um, but, you know, I mean, Phil Rivers ranks 23rd, or the Colts, rather, ranked 23rd in completed air yards per pass. So that just kind of proves the point. It's dink and duck stuff, and – when you're going up against a Packers defense like this that is easily the biggest liability of a team, you, you have to take advantage of that. And Indy doesn't run the ball well enough to do it on that side of things, so you've got to really trust Phil Rivers to get the ball downfield, and it's not going to happen. So it's just a matchup where you, you have the strengths of both teams going head-to-head, and I'm going to take Aaron Rodgers every time. Yeah, um, this one's a stay away for me. I know you guys like this one, and I um... – was less confident with it just because I think that the Colts defense is for real. We saw them last week hold the Titans to, I believe it was 17 points. Um, They're fourth against the pass and fourth against the run. Um, And offensively, you know, yeah, they're, I mean, they're a conservative offense, but they're one that when they get going, they can kind of put up points. They put up 37 last week against Tennessee. Um, Green Bay's defense is kind of weak this season. So that's what scares me away is I think the Colts um, defense could, potentially slow the game down and hold Aaron Rodgers in check. But I don't hate it. I, de- I definitely looked at Green Bay just because, you know, whenever Aaron Rodgers is getting points, that's pretty attractive. Um, but I'm going to stay away personally. Fair. The other thing for me is, like, they seem like they keep trying to run Jonathan Taylor out there, and he's been known to put the ball on the ground. And like you said, if you're going to be dink and dunk, um, that's fine. I would much rather dink and dunk with a guy like Drew Brees, even if he has a bad arm. At least he's an accurate passer. I don't trust Phillip Rivers to not turn the ball over in this game, so. I just like the opportunity for that Packers defense. Like you said, they haven't been good, but I think they've kind of been opportunistic, um, especially against not great offenses, and I don't think this is a good offense. So, Breaking Hopefully we get one right. Four-syllable words for the podcast. It's the only time I can. <laughs> been studying that uh, dictionary. 
Uh, so what, that's two for all of us now. So or is, is that all three for you? I'm all good, yeah. All right, Seth, do your third. Okay, I'm taking the Minnesota Vikings minus seven at home against the Dallas Cowboys. Um, so Minnesota obviously has one of the best rushing attacks in the NFL. They rank third in rushing efficiency, um, and they are going up against the 28th-ranked rush defense in the Dallas Cowboys. Um, Minnesota is 10th in overall defensive efficiency so far this year, 11th against the pass, 15th against the run. Dallas is 28th in passing offense, 22nd in rush offense. Um, So I think this is going to be a spot where Minnesota is going to be able to kind of control the ball, let Dalvin Cook go loose. He's been a beast this year. Dallas's defense is just really bad, and I I think that Minnesota has the weapons to put up points against this team. Um, Justin Jefferson has been really good. I saw a tweet. Someone was – it was uh, Mina Kimes from um, The Ringer. She said that she thinks that Justin Jefferson should be in the conversation for Rookie of the Year, which is kind of crazy with those three good rookie quarterbacks. But he's been that good. Just go look at his box scores and his stats this year. He's been really good. Um, Minnesota's offensive line is great at run blocking this year. They're second in adjusted line yards, which pairs really well against that poor rush defense and having Dalvin Cook behind there. So I'm going to lay the touchdown. Um, it looks like Andy Dalton's going to be back, so... If that matters to you, then make note of that. I just don't like this Cowboys team, and I think that this Vikings team is trending in the right direction. Uh, yeah. Um, for me, I'm 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 more of a stay away. I just don't trust any of this. I guess my biggest lean in this game is at 47 and a half. I really actually like the under, because like you said, if the Vikings are going to win this game by seven points, I think they definitely just take the air out of the ball, and it's a rushing attack all day long. And on the other side, Dallas has Zeke off a of bye, and I know he's put the football on the ground a lot this season. But with the way their quarterbacks have played, I just think they're also going to try to drum up a lot of simple play action, dink and dunk, run the football, that kind of thing. And while both these teams have lots of weapons on the outside to go out and score big points, I just don't think this is the game that it happens. I see this being a lot more of a old-school kind of football game. I know the defenses are bad um, against the run, so maybe there's a chance um, it kind of gets loose and those running backs get out and attack. But like I said, a simple game plan, I think the defenses has a better opportunity to keep it tight. So... That's my hope. I'm going under 47 and a half before I do anything else. Yeah, I'm not going to touch it. I don't like – I mean, Minnesota is definitely trending the right way, and Dallas sucks, but they're coming off a bye, so it's kind of scary. Um, so I would stay away personally. I don't really – you know, I think Minnesota's the side to be on if you're going to bet it. And I do kind of like the under as well. I think they both try and just run it a bunch. I mean, Dallas isn't going to come out, especially if Dolph's playing. They're not going to just have him throw it 45 times. They're going to try to get it to Zeke. Um, and, you know, Minnesota's best player is Dalvin Cook by far, so – yeah, I think under is a good play. Um, so that's that's three. My third is the Chargers minus nine and a half at home versus the New York Football Jets. They're terrible. Um, the not so high flying Jets. Yeah. So the Chargers they played pretty tough against Miami last week. They lost by six, um, and that's a good defense. You know Herbert underperformed a little bit. He didn't play great, but the Jets are a pretty salivating matchup. You know when it comes down to it for anybody on the offensive side of the ball. Um, so the Jets' defense gives up the fourth most net yards gain per pass attempt, um, which, I mean, is obviously not very good when you've got a guy like Herbert that can kind of sling it around a little bit. Um, you know, the Chargers' play calling has been kind of questionable. They've run it too much on early downs. They've lost a few late, um, you know, just kind of based on that kind of stuff. And it just feels like a Herbert explosion to me, 300-plus, three touchdowns. Um, and really, you think about it, I don't think the Jets score more than 10, so you're asking the Chargers to put up 20, three touchdowns. 
I don't think it's asking a whole lot of that team. And Chargers defense is in the top half um, in yards gained per pass attempt. So you think if the Jets are throwing when they're behind in this thing, then they're not going to have a ton of success necessarily. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the Chargers have had a tough year so far. They're 2-7. and seven. There are some wins still out there. This is absolutely one of them. Nine and a half is a lot of points, but I think they cover. I'm with you. Um, for me, I think the biggest fear is that Anthony Lynn – shit show of the second half. I feel like we've every time we've played the Chargers, it's been uh, like Seth has talked about it a bunch. I know that where it's just like in the first when the, before they get up, they seem like they throw the ball early on downs. Warren Sharp's talked about it a lot. They throw the ball a lot on early downs, and then once they get up, they get into this position of okay, now we're going back to conservative football. We're going to run the ball for a yard or two into the line three times, and then punt it, and that's how you lose football games. So for me, on this game, maybe the move is to go Chargers minus six first half. Um, I just think that's probably the spot that I would trust more, and the line gives you enough with six to for me where I would feel a little bit safer with it. It is the first half, and so you never really know what's going to happen early in games like this. I mean, it's a funky squad with two bad coaching staffs, but I, that's where I would like. But I think you have the right side. There's no way in hell I'm betting the Jets first of all. So yeah, if you're going to go, give me the give me the Chargers. That was going to be my point too. Is there's no way I would ever put money on the Jets at this line, um, and one of the biggest mismatches. mismatches is that the Chargers have the fifth-best passing offense efficiency-wise so far, according to Football Outsiders. Um, and they're going up against the Jets, who have the 32nd, uh, the worst, pass defense in the NFL, according to Football Outsiders. So that's, like, one of the biggest matchups on this card. Um, obviously, the worry, as Keaton said, is the play calling once they get up. Um, maybe they've learned from it. Who knows? But, I mean, the biggest issue is that, you know, they're running the ball once they get up with Caden Ballage and guys who – have been cut this year. They don't have Austin Eckler, right? He's still hurt. So you're trotting out guys who aren't studs. You know, you're they're 18th in adjusted line yards offensive um, for their offensive line. So they're not getting a big boost from their offensive line. They haven't been running the ball efficiently, efficiently all year long. So that's really been the biggest issue. But um, due to that passing mismatch that the Chargers hold over them, I would definitely lean them over the Jets. Booyah. Um, so... Do, do you guys want to run through the rest of the slate, or do we want to do our over-under pick of the week uh, before Let's after? do the over-under. Okay, I'll jump on it. I'm taking the over Falcons at the Saints. Number's 52. You, were you on that, that Saints? Yeah. We'll pick a different one, because this is mine. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> Podcast pick? Are you in? Sure. Uh, yeah. To me, this makes... you got two stout rush defenses. Um, you have Jameis Winston, who I've never seen Jameis Winston check down in my life. Mm-mm. Even with Alvin Kamara, I'm very curious. Maybe Alvin, the only thing he'll throw to Alvin is like, you got to run wheel routes, buddy, or I'm not giving you the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, I think both sides, Matty Ice can turn the ball over. That running game can turn it over. Uh, there's Absolutely, we're getting a Jameis Winston turnover if he's going to play quarterback. Taysom Hills put the ball on the ground a couple times. If Once you get those defensive scores, I think this game has plenty of chance to jump over the 52 number, and I think it can get there in multiple ways, so. That was my favorite of the week. Not even close. Nice. I like that one, too. I like your snow bet, though, too, the one you were talking about with Cleveland. Yeah. I mean, so if it's going to be one. cold, poopy weather, and it's snow, and then it looks like turning into rain. So, I mean, I feel like that's one where both teams just run the poop out of it. I feel like wet snow is almost worse than playing in just snow. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, just freezing. Uh, my total? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Let's throw it over to Seth. All right. Seth seems ready. Um, so I'm going to take the Steelers Jaguars under 46. Um, you have a really good defense against a rookie quarterback, and the Steelers 
Uh, once they get up, they'll probably start running the ball quite a bit. So I imagine, I mean, that's another reason why that 10.5 is attractive because if it's a low-scoring game, they have more Also, they're horrible at running the football. Yeah, that's a, another truth. They're 29th in rushing efficiency. So um, I just think it's going to go under that 46 number. Yeah, I like all those. I, I damn near parlay those. Maybe a teaser, you know, a little, little tease action. Tease action. Why not? A little, little tease skis. Um, what other games on the slate we got here? So we've got Sunday morning. Detroit is going to Carolina to play the Panthers, and the Panthers are a one-point underdog. No Teddy. No Teddy, two gloves. I'm going to go Matty Staff then. Yeah, me too. I, I, I can't. I mean, like, I like what the Panthers have going on, but I think it's a lot of what Teddy's been able to do with that offense and what they've schemed up. But I think you take that away, I just there's no way I'm trusting that team. So I'd go Stafford, but it's an absolute stay away because I'm not trusting Matt Patricia. Let so. me clarify, no CMC and no Teddy. So I mean, I almost just assume no CMC. The and rest of the Carolina's defense is awful, and when Detroit plays awful defenses, they can sling it around a little bit. So I like Detroit. Yeah, that's definitely the side to bet when you're – I mean, it's either Will Greer or the guy from the – what was that league, the football league this season? Yeah, it's got to be him. Yeah, oh, it's, yeah, it's P.J. Walker for PJ sure. P.J. Walker. P.J. Walker and the, form, the former Rough Riders. The, the last update was that they're, Rough they're splitting first-team snaps mm-hmm. so far. So I don't know. They don't. They haven't announced a starter. That's, that's good. You never want to know who your quarterback is. Make the defense prepare for both. Exactly. <laughs> good point. Um, so I guess we talked about it a little bit. New Orleans is a four-point favorite against Atlanta at home. Uh, lots of points. I don't really want to bet it. I mean, it's one of those weird AFC, NFC South games. I actually kind of lean Falcons here. Some good numbers with Matty Ice playing the Saints defense. So I kind of like that. I also just don't. This seems like an absolute spot where um, Sean Payton's going to get in the room and go, how many times can I get Taysom Hill the football today? Yeah. And like I, I said before, I'm talking about the total. I just think they're going to at least give the ball away once or twice, depending on who's getting more touches here, because I think Taysom can put it down. I absolutely think Jameis can obviously turn it over, but I, I I would just trust the Falcons' offense more. I think would be my thing. I just trust them absolutely more than the Saints' offense, especially without a consistently check down Drew Brees where they don't turn it over. And getting more than a field goal in this game just seems kind of weird um, with a backup quarterback. So Falcons plus four if I had to do it and actually kind of like it. It's not just any backup quarterback though. It's Jameis Winston. That's true. Wait, uh, is he is, if he loses, does he have to eat the L? No. He doesn't gonna, have to? He only eats W's. Yeah. He's Ws. on a diet. Mm-hmm. Or w, W's probably are leaner, right? It's cutting L's. This one is, um, I would actually lean Saints. I would lean the other way. Um, just because Atlanta's not going to be able to run the football at all, so they're going to have to pass. Um, and, I mean, that's a good passing offense, but it's also a good pass defense. They're sixth in defensive um, passing efficiency. But um, New Orleans has the best rush defense in the NFL, and Atlanta has the 30th ranked rush offense so i just don't think they're gonna be able to run the ball at all so if you're passing all game i mean there's probably gonna be turnovers there's gonna be mistakes made especially against a good defense so that is why i would lean the saints bet the matt ryan over passing yards prop whatever that is that's a good one you're gonna bet it because they're not gonna be able to run it um houston's a two no point two and a half point dog at home against new england i mean i don't like either of these teams i i don't either but you know me when in doubt, Bill Belichick out. So, pass, true. pass minus under. It's a, it's less than a field goal. Yeah, 
Just I just you can't. How do you trust that Texas team? Poor Deshaun Watson, man. Can we? Can he just get a transplant to the Jets? That'd be fun. Yeah, Adam Gase. And <laughs> how, how different Watson. are those rosters? If you take Jameis Winston off the Texans, are those rosters that different? I don't think they are. Wait, what? Like what if you, you so so Houston Jameis Winston? No, sorry, yeah, I probably did. <laughs> I'm struggling right now. But so if you take if you take Deshaun Watson off the Texans mm-hmm. and you just went roster to roster with the Jets, are they that different? Yes. They're not that different. Will Fuller, David Johnson, neither Duke of those guys. Oh, you can't say David name, Johnson is a weapon. Name one Jets running back. Frank Gore. That plays. <laughs> Frank Gore. Frank Gore plays. I think he I might think have passed could, away a couple of weeks ago. You make that comparison for the Patriots defense against the Jets defense. No, don't. That's Patriots not good. Oh, you mean the team that just beat Baltimore? Is that, what they have, is that the team we're talking still, about? They still have the 32nd ranked defense. Stephon uh, Gilmore, McCourty Brothers. Name three Jets defenders. Quinn and Williams. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we played this game way, way too did. many times. Anyway. No one ever wins a, the minute they talk about the Jets. Jets are in a different tier. but Yeah, no, I'm with you. For me, it's just I just... I don't know. I mean, this is why it's a stay away. It's on no one's board because this game sucks. Yeah. This isn't even a fun to watch if, game. If I had to pick a team, I would lean taking the points because you're getting the 11th ranked passing offense in the NFL. Well, and the other thing is, is uh, Watson's killed Bill Belichick. Yeah. Like, absolutely killed. So I he might take, not win games, I would but take he's the points him. if you put a gun to my head. But. If anything, I'd bet okay, well, the hopefully team no one just does beat that. That'd, that'd be bad. Anyway, Cincinnati's one of a half point underdog on the road against Washington. I chalked this up as a Cincinnati win, so I'd bet Cincinnati. Uh, yeah, this almost made my best bets. I'm on the Bengals here. It just seems like a Burrow breakout game again. I know that defense is really good on the other side, but he's pl- he's faced plenty of good defenses. I mean, the Steelers are in his division. He'll see them plenty of times. I think this is a good spot. I can't trust Washington to win a football game, and so I'll you take. Can't the trust points. Alex Smith. Weirdly enough, I love like, it's such a good story, man. Good for him, but no, no way in hell. No, no way in hell. Yeah, it's a stay away for me. It's just that defense is good against a bad offensive line, but. Other than that, I mean, you have the better offense, so, I mean, and you're getting the points, so. I don't hate it, but I'm going to stay away from that one. Yeah, I mean, there's a reason it wasn't anybody's board either. Uh, Baltimore, five-point favorite at home against Tennessee. Seems like too many points off the bat, but I think it's kind of a must-win for Baltimore to stay in the NFC, AFC, North, South. I I can't tell you I've seen the numbers, but I would assume Tennessee's bad against the run. Yeah, they're not good. And I think Baltimore's got a lot of aggression prepared to take out on somebody, and it wasn't the Pats, so for me it would probably be Tennessee. Again, though, another team, Baltimore, that plays Thanksgiving against the Steelers. Tennessee played last Thursday, had a little extra time for this one, so I kind of like Tennessee a little bit. I mean, fair. Um, I just think uh, the other question for me is, is Baltimore's front going to get healthy? I think that plays a big difference on how you're controlling Derrick Henry. Yeah, it's a tough one. If you made me bet it, I would take the points in Tennessee. They have the better offense according to the numbers so far this year. Um, defense has been bad, but Baltimore faced a really bad defense last week and wasn't able to do much. Granted, it was raining a lot that game. But, yeah, I mean, it, five points is a lot in a game that Tennessee could outright win. Like, if they win, I don't think anybody's shocked. So that is where I would lean as well. And I think it's also important. I mean, New England ran all over Baltimore last week, and you're going against the best running back in football this week, and you're getting five points. So, I don't know. I it think, just seems like Tennessee hasn't been able to run with Derrick Henry this year. You know what yeah. I mean? Especially, like, we always say he's going to get better late in the year, and we still haven't seen it. Yeah, At some point, it's got to start to worry you that... He you hasn't know. been bad. I mean, he just hasn't No, had but it hasn't been games. like the Derrick Henry we were used to, especially in November. It is November, right? Their offensive line has been good in run blocking, so that is... So blame the running back. They need to trade him. 
Oh, God. He's been pretty good. I mean, he's averaging over 100 yards on the ground. Yeah, uh, fair enough. Maybe it just seems like we're not getting Damian Harris put up 122 against Baltimore last week. That's kind of scary. Best running back in football. That's what, yeah. that's what I heard. Um, let's see. We've talked about all these afternoon games. We've got a lot of afternoon games. Did the NFL figure out that putting two games in the afternoon isn't a great idea anymore? Yeah, there's, what, four? Four? Five. Four. Four plus the Sunday night. So that's, that's so that's wait, carry the six. Tampa Bay, minus three and a half. At home, against the Rams, on Sunday, Monday night. It's Monday night. This is the best game on the slate, right? Even unbiased, this has to be the best game on the slate. Yeah, I think so. Unless you count the uh, the, the good old Jets game. Oh, so that's probably the Jets game. So this is second best. But, okay, three and a half seems like it's the Rams then, right? That's how I feel. I don't know. Goff against one of the best defenses? Probably not. It's tough. It's I, just... it's, for me, the under is the biggest play. 48 and a half? Yeah, that's my lean too. It's, it's... I mean, you have two top 10 offenses, top 10 defenses, and top 10 offensive lines. I mean, it's just... The biggest thing for me is both offenses are not really quick strike offenses. You know what I mean? You're, there's no, like... I mean, Mike Evans has the potential to be, but I imagine seeing what Jalen Ramsey just did to DK... I imagine we're going to see a lot of Jalen Ramsey versus uh, Mike Evans. I mean, yeah, you take him away, you still have Chris Godwin, you still have Antonio Brown and Gronk. So, I mean, they have the weapons to move the ball. It's just going to come down to, are the Rams going to be able to move the ball against that defense? And that's more where my questions would lie. I have more confidence that Tampa Bay can move the ball. but Yeah, I would agree with that. I, I just, I don't know. I'm, I'm. This is one where I would probably live bet it, if anything. I just, I don't know. Because this seems like one of those games you'd instantly know if McVay has Goff in a spot where he's going to be able to put up points or not. Because you'll know early if they're going to get a ton of pressure, then it's going to be over quick. Yeah. Darius Williams, Rams cornerback Darius Williams, do not besmirch his man. Two picks last week. And deflected a pass in the end zone. That was probably the best play. Goodness. Full extension. They've got some dudes defensively. I think that's – I think you're probably right. The under is probably the play if you're going to do anything. Um, Mm -hmm. I would stay away from it straight up and on. I think we should give Goff a bonus and he might play better. He needs a little bit more money in his bank account. Maybe. Who knows? Dangle a carrot. Um, so that's week 11 full slate. Uh, you guys want to hear my parlay? I would love to hear the sweaty parlay of the Let's week. Let's hear it. The, Cincinnati the to win against parlay. Washington. Yep. Tennessee to beat Baltimore. With you. Green Bay to beat Indy. And Philly to beat Cleveland. What's that paying out at? Take Philly out. 30 to Phil- 1. Take Philly out? Of no, that way. List? no way. No way. I like all Philly four could win. That's a full-out effort Philly right there. You I never think their know. offense is worse than people are even noticing. Just I, I think the Phillies are like I think Philly terrible. I think terrible teams win every I week. I don't think Cleveland's offense is as good as we think, especially against mm-hmm. a team that can kind of stop the run. Baker against pressure scares They're seventh running the ball, and they have the tenth best pass protection offensively. So, I mean, they got, they've, been, they've been doing all right. I think you have the right side. I'm just saying if they're going to lose, or if I was picking a team to lose that's a favorite, the Browns are always near the top of that list. They always have keep, they always have the capacity to blow up. I guess so. It's a battle line against Miles Garrett. I mean, the point you guys made about them in a, being in a must-win spot that was kind of said last week when they were facing the Giants. And I, I mean, yeah, but no. So this one's a really must-win. At some point, this team's just not good enough to win, even when they're trying harder or whatever the sentiment is. I just I don't I don't like them. So they're gonna use extra steroids this week. Yep. They're gonna be even more prepared. just like Robbie Cano. Yep. Boost in peace. Rest Come in on. Uh, so that's the parlay. Do you guys have teasers, parlays, anything? Yeah, I did, uh, 
Texans up to nine and a half, or sorry, eight and a half against the Patriots, and then Jaguars up to seventeen and a half. Uh, so I I hopped I hopped in my time machine and I took DK Metcalf to score a touchdown tonight. So I'm winning so far. Wow, you already won. Yeah, good for you. Yep. Also, you guys should have taken Christian Kirk to score a touchdown because he's going to later. Okay. Okay. Yep. Well, we'll post this ASAP and then tell people. Yep. Just just really hop on it here. Yeah. Um, Maybe if they bought a time machine, you know, come on. So that's it. That's the best bets podcast pick. We've got uh, Miami. Uh, Miami minus three and a half. And then did we all agree uh, Falcons and Saints over 52? Does that make yeah. the list? Mm-hmm. All right. Falcons, Saints over 52. We're going to get the podcast picks to 500 this week, boys. Yeah, let's do it. Um, so, yeah, that's the best bets. That's the parlay. That's the teasers. That's the over-unders. That's the podcast. That's the podcast. Thanks for listening. Uh, handles, are you ready for this? Oh, I can't wait. Run this show, buddy. <laughs> all right. Just had a stroke. Okay. No, I'm... Processing. Okay. Email is thegamblingcouch at gmail.com. Instagram, thegamblingcouch at thegamblingcouch. Come on. The gambling couch. At the gambling couch. And then Twitter is at gambling couch. All right. Three for three. Hell of Two a weeks week. in a row. If only you could pick teams like this. Well, this week. This week. This week. There's always this week. There's always this week. Um, so, if anyways, next week. thanks for listening. We will see you guys next week. Stay safe, take care, share with family and friends. Later. See ya. Bye.